The reading is from the epistle of St. Paul to the Romans. Let us attend. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that he may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Peace be unto you, the readers, and to thy spirit. Hallelujah, in the sixth tone.
truly odd is alive. There's so many ways to see him. If you have eyes to see, if you have ears to hear, we just anointed people so that those ears would be open, and those eyes would be open, and their lips would be open to good things of God, that God would fill them. Truly, God's not alive, he's alive. And if we're alive, and I think all of us in this place are alive today, then we can experience that supernatural presence and power of God in our own individual lives, starting from right now, in this very moment. We can experience something about God. Sometimes I think God seems far away, though. It seems like we don't really get a good vision of God. We don't see God. We don't sense his presence. We, we don't experience his life in our life. He seems so far away. Well, today, very shortly and briefly, it's a long service. I'll hold myself down a little bit today. There's things in our readings today that just give us a, a few simple ways to kind of connect with God, with the reality of who God is, and that God is around. First of all, we see something about God that's miraculous in our epistle. It speaks about not doing the things that please ourselves, but doing those things that you good brothers. And it says this is what Christ did. Christ went around doing good. He didn't sleep. He prayed. He went and healed people. He cast out demons. He spent all his time, all his energy, doing things that were good for others, for us. Even to the point of death on the cross. He died for you. He did that not for himself, but for others. This is what Christ did. And every action that's done in accord with God's will for someone else is a blessing from God. Every time you see somebody do something that's not called for, that doesn't requit back to them, that's God in action. God working. Because it's not natural, really, that people should do good things. When you think about it. If there's just this world, if there's nothing beyond this life, then we should just do things which benefit us while we can. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Steal, rob, pillage, take power, do whatever it takes to make it through this life as good as you can. That's all there is. So when we see something outside the natural order, it should point us to God. Because it's what Christ did, and it's what he wants us to do. This is a power, I think, to give of ourselves, to give up of ourselves, even to pain. Like the Lord said, greater love is no man in this than to give his life for his friends. Giving up our lives even. When we see something like this, we should reflect upon the fact that this is the power of God, the power of love, the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our midst. Especially, I think, when it's done with a willing heart. This is what God calls us to do, to be supernatural. To exhibit his power and his glory into this world that so desperately needs things. Because they're all living on the other path. Taking, 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 and never being satisfied. Only God can fill the void. Like St. Augustine said, there's a keyhole-sized heart, hole in every person. Only God can fill it. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. When we do that, that's supernatural. Because we're laying aside what's natural and doing something that's not. In our gospel, there's two things that point us to the unseen God, if you will. To the mystery of God in this world. The first thing is that it's impossible that his glory be hid. The lips of others will speak of the glory of God. Even, as we see in this passage in Matthew, where men that were healed by God miraculously and took in his great grace and his mercy, were then commanded by this very one that healed them to be silent. They couldn't. It was impossible but that they speak the words of God to a world 
that's needed to hear those words. God cannot be hidden. The lips of men have been speaking these words of the glory of God, some of which we recited today, some of which we've read today, all through the church and through his people from the beginning of time. God is speaking in the world. It's impossible that his words not be spoken. Jeremiah said his word. He wanted to be silent. He was, he was, he was in a way fighting that great battle we do about all the persecution that we face and all the ridicule and all the disagreements that we face. When we speak God's word, he said, I'm not going to speak anymore. That's what he said. But then he says, his word was like a fire burning within me. And I had to speak. I couldn't be silent. So it is that the lips of people have been declaring the supernatural presence of God, not just through actions that we saw in our epistle, but through their lips. They've been speaking. And sure, his glory, it just can't be hidden. His healing power has to be spoken of. His grace and his mercy have to be spoken of. Our lips cannot be silent when we declare his great glory. But I think most greatly today, the way that we see God's supernatural power is hidden so often from us is through faith. <laughs> through people's faith. The unseen God is seen through the effects of his, life, of his power and his glory on the lives of those that are his. Speaking throughout time, from the beginning, from Adam, from Seth, from the patriarchs, through the apostles, to you and I. The faith of people that believe in the God that we can't see is spoken in miraculous ways. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. I mean, this has got twofold, I guess, look, way to look at it. First is that, yes, if you believe, I'll heal you. That's the beginning of your walk. But he says to him, just a blanket statement, wasn't limited. That according to your faith, it's going to be done to you. What you believe, my brothers and sisters, is how you're going to live. If I believe there's going to be food in the cupboard, I'm going to wait to get it, and I'm going to get it. Otherwise, I'm going to go buy it somewhere. Or I'm going to go grow it. I'm going to do something. If I believe I can walk on that dock, I will. If I believe I can get on an airplane and get to San Francisco, I will. How we live is based on what we believe. And so it is through history that faith is not just a promise of healing, but our greatness or our smallness of faith determines how we live. Now, God can be seen. By your own eyes and your own life, and you just for a second, take take count, take account, and think of your own life, how you live. How do you live at work? How do you live with your family? What are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your desires? What are you heading to? What are you working for? What are you living for? That's based on what you believe. And so it is throughout the ages, until Christ comes, this world is gone, no more. People have been showing the reality of God and the power of God through their faith. Yes, to the rest of the world, but also to ourselves. God calls us to look at ourselves and see if we'd be like the one that said, Oh, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Or whether we're like the one that the Lord said, Great is your faith. I have not seen such great faith in Israel. God asks us to take stock of ourselves that our faith, that our faith might be something that shows the reality of God. To ourselves and to the whole world. You know, if we believe all things truly are possible, they really are. The Lord said to somebody that is blind, if you believe, you can be healed. Our spiritual blindness is the same way. If we believe in Him, we can be healed. And even more miraculous things like this can happen 
beyond even what I could explain. This is why faith saves us, or our faith dooms us. We need to examine ourselves and see, really, what are our actions showing? What are our thoughts showing? What are our words showing about what we believe, and also how much we believe? I think this self-examination is incredibly revealing. Truly, we are what we believe. Everywhere we go, in everything we do, every place, everywhere, in everything, faith guides and informs us. Today, God's speaking through these three little examples. Through the goodness of people's actions, through people's thoughts, how he wants us to live. He wants us to be that light and beacon. And he wants us, I think, to start with being able to see ourselves with our own eyes. Truly, we need to see. We need to see and we need to have God reveal himself to us. And so today, God calls us to open our eyes and to see him, to build our faith, change our lives, let him heal us and save us and those around us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.